Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Investor Lab. My name's Goose. My name's Gabby. And you are listening to you. You you have made it. You have made it to the auditory epicenter of passion for passionate people seeking a life of life of freedom, choice, and abundance. I'm stumbling over my words. I'm so pumped. I can barely contain myself. Why am I pumped, Gabby? I'm I. You know I don't know half the time either. I don't know half the time either. I'm just I'm I'm spiced. I'm spiced on life. You know why you're pumped? Because we were talking about roads. <laughs> Talk about big roads. Big roads, big rail, big, big rail, boats, big, <laughs> big growth. We were talking growth. about making gains, capital gains. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So, look, <laughs> this is part two of a of an adventure, and an, on an adventure where you are the hero and we are the guide. This is all about helping you to invest better. You know, everyone wants capital growth, and no one knows how to find it. And we're here to solve that. Yes. Now. That's not an easy thing to solve. And a lot of people think, oh, I just look for one thing and that's not the case. There are 10 core drivers. There are about 30 key statistics and there's a whole bunch of other stuff. And if we have one mission here, it is to help people like you master. I'm, on, I'm slapping. I'm so passionate. Our mission is to, is to help you master the game of property investing so you can live a more fulfilled and purpose-driven life. Yes. Do you want that? Do you want do you want more f- fulfillment to go? Would you like would you like successful property with a side of fulfillment? Tasty. Tasty. That is a more. Now, on today's episode, we talked about um, so as I mentioned, this is episode number two in a series around hunting hotspots and what to look for. Now there are 10 core drivers. The part the previous episode we we talked about what they were and sort of why this is important and all of that kind of stuff. And then in this one we talked about transport and infrastructure, big roads, big rail, big boats, and more specifically, what it can do. We also talked about, you know, some case studies of areas that, that's worked and why. And, and more really interestingly, the three phases uh, of when this works and why it works and the risks associated with each phase and how you can, you know, get your, get your best returns, minimize your downside, and how to use this information practically in your portfolio planning. Did I miss anything, Gabby? It is important to know, listening to, to this one, guys, is... It is one piece of this series. It is one piece of the Hunting Hotspots framework. It is not the be-all and end-all. Do not go and just, just buy somewhere that's near a big road and think that you're going to get amazing capital growth. That is nope. not how this works. This is one piece. This is one point of a 10-point system. <laughs> totally. And you actually need to get three or four of each, uh, each of these totally. uh, core drivers to really mitigate your risk and get the upside. Yep. So um, we talk about all of that kind of stuff in the podcast. We're obviously going to be talking about more over the coming podcast. Um, Now, there's also a downloadable report, which um, you, as a listener of this podcast, get exclusive access to. And the even more exclusive, like how to use it, is inside our community. So head to theinvestorlab.com.au forward slash join the community if you want to get a part of that. Um, If you want to get the report, just hit the show notes, check it out there. or go to theinvestorlab.com.au. We've got loads of free resources and heaps of really cool stuff. Of course, if you um, if you want to start to think about how to apply all this kind of stuff in your life, maybe 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 get a copy of my book. That's a good idea. Yeah, I'm so pumped at how much feedback I get for the book. If you want to get a copy of uh, my book, Limitless: The Renegades Guide to Building Wealth Through Property, just head to renegadespropertybook.com. Renegadespropertybook.com. Grab a copy of that. Um, that'll kind of talk to you about how to apply this information in a meaningful way in building a portfolio, not just what to look for. And 
combine all of that, audio, visual, sensory, explosion, and get your head right around it. Awesome. Awesome. Without further ado, let's get stuck into it. See you on the inside. Oh, wow. Oh, I started. Sorry. Sort of. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Welcome back to part two of our Hunting Hotspots series. Gabby, how are you today? I am excellent. That's how good. are you? Very well, thanks. That Very- is excellent. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Being back at the gym this week. Oh. Loving it. Loving it. Yeah. Lifting lift tin. Yeah, lifting tin. Making Listen gains. To, making gains. Always. Every day. Gains. Every day. Yeah. Goosey, 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 gainsy. That's what they call me. <laughs> that's that's not. That, no one calls me that. <laughs> <laughs> no one's, I don't think anyone's. No. Goosey gains. Yes. We, aside from talking about my gains, we're here to talk about other kind of gains. We're going to talk about capital gains? Capital gains. <gasps> do, do, do. More, more, spe- more specifically, we're going to be talking about what the hell causes it, aside from bank valuations and, and, uh, and speculation. Um, now, we obviously started this. This is part of a, what is it, a 10-part series or something? Yeah. Uh, it's a lot, right? Long, long, long journey we're about to go on, guys. Yeah. It's cool. So Let's stick go. around. Stick around. It's not, you know, it's coming over the next few months. Now, mm-hmm. the first episode, we sort of talked about, all right, what are the 10 core drivers uh, and why they're important, all right? We sort yep. of covered that ground and we covered that pretty well. Now, in today's episode, we are going to be talking about um, the very first one. What is the first one, Gabby? The first one is transport infrastructure. Transport infrastructure. Number um, one. Yeah, so we'll talk about why that's important and what to look for and, you know, when it's, when it's actually done stuff for other places and, and when's the best time to make use of it. Now, the function of, of all of this, and just to kind of circle back, is there are sort of 10 major core drivers. You know, mm-hmm. if you listen to the podcast and you've listened back to a few episodes, um, psychographics versus demographics is a great one for thinking about buyer intent and what they're trying to do. But then when you start overlaying... And things like these core drivers, you can start to really build a picture of what's actually going to cause capital growth. Now, kind of what you're really looking for is three or four of these all working together in one place. So, for example, we're going to talk about traffic infrastructure today. If a place has has uh, good traffic infrastructure uh, coming into it, we're going to talk about what, what all of that is anyway, you know, that's a good thing. But the reality is if you've only got one core driver, it ain't enough. And the reason for that is uh, because sometimes uh, it doesn't have the impact you want. You want to look for greater levels of strength. Mm. Mm. Or sometimes it's been a prediction that might not actually come to fruition as well. Exactly, exactly. So now let's talk about why this is important. So transport infrastructure, what is it? I was going to ask you that. What is it? I was going to ask you that. Oh, I'm asking you. Roads. Roads. Rail. Just big old roads. Roads. Rail. It's the big roads, right? It's the big roads <laughs> the and the big rail. <laughs> roads, tunnels, bridges, big busways, roads. rail connections, moving, moving, moving people, people around, moving people around. Now, there's a, there's a fallacy, and I'm going to call it out right Ooh. now. There's a fallacy um, by a lot of property pundits out there to say, Oh, good property to get good capital growth, you must be near a train station. Mm. Yes. Well, that is a lie. Yes, we've talked about that in a previous episode. We have, but I want to talk about it again. Now, it's, it is important because transport infrastructure is very important depending on 
uh, what people are doing, right? So trains only matter if people are going to use trains. Okay, so in some cases, being close to a train station can be really good. In other cases, being close to a train station doesn't mean anything um, because the train only runs once a day and it goes somewhere that no one wants to go to and everyone drives cars and, you know, it's just a different environment. What's really important though is that you're paying attention to what infrastructure is going on. Now, in all of our biggest cities, uh, transport infrastructure is an ongoing issue, you know, but it's also, it's very interesting because um, this, this particular topic uh, has both converse and inverse uh, effects on growth, uh, centralization and decentralization. And we can talk about that a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. So anyone who's ever been to any city, uh, we're in Sydney, right? But we don't really travel around Sydney. Nope. I haven't seen a road in years. <laughs> I caught the boat the other day. That was sweet. And that's a great example of transport infrastructure because they've got the ferry system in the harbour and that helps people move around really well. And that's a, that is great. There we, we, go. Were, we were talking about how great that was. Oh, my God. I was like, on a cruise. I was like, oh, on a cruise. What great transport infrastructure. Yeah. We were like, this is sick. <laughs> you don't get boats in Melbourne. But in Melbourne, it's a really interesting use case because um, fastest growing had, had the fastest growing population for, you know, some some time and the problem was once population growth gets out of whack with uh, infrastructure planning it's almost impossible to catch up mm. right so roads get more congested people bitch and moan and they can't get where they want to go all of that kind of stuff which which causes a few interesting things right so it, it can it can stifle people's uh, ability to get around drive uh, drive decentralization um, uh, it can change the way people live because, of course, if people have to live further away but then can't commute, it decreases the quality of the living in the um, in the city. So, look, a good city is a very livable one, right? Mm-hmm. But if your livability starts to, to start, people don't want to move there if they if it's a horrible place to live because it's going to take them six hours to mm-hmm. to get to work and all of that kind of stuff. So this is a big issue in in every city. It's very hard for them to keep up now. Everywhere is pretty much trying to play catch up. But the, the inf- transport infrastructure is one of the biggest drivers of growth because it increases connectivity. Because if you think from an affordability perspective as well, people need to move typically further away from the centres because typically the centre of the action, whether it be in a major regional centre, whether it be in Adelaide, whether it be Melbourne or Sydney, it doesn't matter. Like the closer you are to the hub of the wheel, the higher the prices typically. Mm-hmm. So... Um, naturally, from an affordability perspective, people need to go further and further out because property prices don't uh, don't increase at the same rate as wages. So then, so then, what what can really stimulate an area is connectivity. So greater levels of connectivity by bus, by rail, by road, by boat, by whatever, right? By by air, for example. You know, and so all of these projects can really open up the capacity for uh, a new growth pocket. So, for example, if you look at places like, you know, if you look at places like Ballarat, for example, now part of part of the switch became once people realised in Melbourne, if you lived in Melbourne and you could live in Ferntree Gully, and it's still going to take you an hour and a half to commute to work, and then people started realising that they could live in Ballarat and get a house for say three hundred thousand dollars and then catch a train into the city and it would only take them like an hour and 20 minutes anyway. So rather than paying $650,000 for a house in, in Ferntree Gully or more now, you know, you could live somewhere else for half the price and have the same amount of commuting distance. The, mm. So it really, really massively changes the way people live. Yeah, and it's kind of, I mean, like we, we I grew up in Geelong, so um, it explains a lot of like the boom 
as people call it, in Geelong over the last few years. Yeah. Um, because, you know, typically Geelong was a bit more regional because it was, you know, there's the one highway, one freeway, the Princess Freeway going from Melbourne to Geelong and that would take, you know, on a good day that takes like 45 an hour but then you try, you add in there an actual, an actual commute time going to work, coming back from work. It's more like, you know, anyone that lives in that area trying to drive that road knows it might take an hour and a half, two hours, sometimes more oh, yeah. if it's a Monday or a Friday. Um, but then they put in the, the Geelong to Melbourne Ring Road and that, you know, that's not a train, it's not a, it's not a plane, it's not mm. a boat, but it's another major arterial road where people can have another option. And now suddenly that whole area where that ring road comes out in Geelong, that's, that's been seeing amazing growth over the last couple of years because that suddenly matches or improves the speed of access to Melbourne itself. So. Yeah, totally. A couple of interesting things about that ring road. So that ring road cut out something like 36 traffic lights. Yeah. So that particular ring road meant you could get from one side of Geelong to the other and cut out 36 traffic lights, which is huge, right? Yeah. It also decongested the city, which increased the livability of the city, which made it more desirable to live there. And then there was also better connectivity and less congestion so people could get around better. But here's the thing. What drove a lot of the growth uh, was the announcement of high-speed rail. Now, rail, I know I said train stations don't matter, but, 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 but rail, because of the speed and the ability to move large volumes of people, can be, can be one of the bigger drivers. Now, at, we, we actually lived in Geelong, and for a little period of time there, we were living in Geelong, and I had to go work in Melbourne. And I can tell you, the um, bypass in Geelong is awesome because you could get around Geelong quite easily, but getting from Geelong to Melbourne... I left one morning. It took me three and a half hours to drive to Melbourne. I remember that. I was less than impressed. I was less than <laughs> impressed. At that point, I was like, oh my God, why aren't I catching the train? Because I kept the train in like 50 minutes. Yep. Um, and so that was hugely important, which is actually one of the big things that you need to consider is, you know, what is going to be the highest and best use. Now, the, the interesting thing about uh, transport infrastructure, there is no one size fits all. Mm-hmm. Roads are good. Rail is probably better if you really wanted to kind of weight the different um, categories. Boats only matter if there's waterways and they're very <laughs> linear. Um, planes only matter to a certain type of trade and uh, in, employee. So you really got to think, what is the point of greatest utility to those people? Now, is the point of greatest utility uh, the, the nearest capital city? So, for example, if you look at, if you look at um, Ipswich, for example, now, Ipswich is one of the points of greatest utility and then, if you, and then Brisbane is the other. So sometimes you'll get people who might live in between Ipswich and Brisbane and some of them will be commuting to Ipswich and some will be commuting to, to Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Now, in that case, uh, rail links were really good because they sped up the commute time. You could commute from, say, Goodna into Brisbane in, in 35 minutes. So that kind of stuff's really good. But here's the thing. We just can't trust politicians. <laughs> <laughs> so it might seem like a funny segue, but there's essentially three phases, right? There's essentially three waves of growth whenever you get um, this kind of this kind of project announced. Mm-hmm. There's the um, there's the initial phase. The first wave comes when the government makes the initial announcements. And how many how many times have we heard local and federal government wheeling out? Oh, we're going to build roads and we're going to do all this wonderful stuff. And everyone, high speed rail, high speed high rail, monorail, <laughs> monorail. The the problem is, um, it gets it's like a political football, right? Everyone everyone loves to kick it around at um, uh, election time because it means so much to people. I mean, oh my god, if you've tried to co- apparently, if you've tried to commit in commit commit, if you've tried to commute <laughs> in 
in Sydney during peak hour, apparently it's bad. We just don't. So I wouldn't know. But I've heard from some of our clients that it's rough, right? So... I think commuting is like an emotional topic for people because they, they, can, they can associate like, oh, that road means that I as a person get to save 20 minutes no every one likes day. Be, no one likes being stuck in traffic. Yeah. yeah. Can't argue with that. Oh, my God. It's infuriating. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's fair enough, right? So it hits people right, hits people right in the feels, right? And, and people go, oh, my God, I'm gonna get this is going to be better. And, and people obviously see the value in it and they think, oh, my God, if there's going to be a new road or a new rail link or whatever, my property price is going to go up. So it, it really hits, hits people right, right where it matters mm-hmm. uh, in the heart and in the wallet. So, but that's all good. So that's when the first wave comes. So, for example, um, Badgeries Creek is a really good example of this. Badgeries Creek in, in Sydney is a really good example of this. Um, they announced the new airport and then boom, there was like the first wave. People were like, oh my God, there's a new airport and all of this stuff's happening out there. And whoop, property prices went up. Mm. Uh, and then they kind of like simmer down a little bit, right? Because then the second phase comes when they start construction, like when it actually starts happening. Because there's a use- tangible evidence of oh that plan is actually going to happen now. Yeah, 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 totally, exactly. So there's one thing to talk about stuff, and there's another thing to see action. This is a bit of human psychology in in how that was. Oh my god, it's it's there, and they've started building it. It hasn't been delayed because it's very easy to announce something and then renege. Oh, sorry, we actually budgeting deficit. Oh, whoops, we're not going to do that. So the announcement is massive, and that'll drive a huge amount of growth, mm-hmm. right? And then the second wave of growth is when they actually start doing it because it's like oh they're actually doing what they said they were going to do how good and then the third phase happens when it's actually done because then people actually see the benefit and they're like oh ah now i understand why you were trying to do that because now i can actually get to where i want to go in a much better way does that make sense yeah so when do you make the biggest gains if you if, if you were if you were an investor gabby when when would you when would you want to get into the game on this one? ASAP, really. If you if you believe the politicians that they they're going to follow through on their plan, I I would imagine as soon as you catch wind that there is a major infrastructure project coming. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's exactly right. So when it works, it really really works, <laughs> right? So if you if if you like I'm sure there's a lot of money that happens behind, a lot of trading that happens behind closed doors before these projects get announced too. <clears throat> I'd be very confident about that. The reality is though, if you can get a leading edge advantage and, and buy as soon as, buy as soon as a trans, transport, a major transport infrastructure project has been announced, you know, just because they're like filling the potholes in your local street, that's not really the transport infrastructure projects we're talking about, right? We're talking about major projects that are going to help change, change the, uh, the dynamic of the community. Mm-hmm. Now, if you can get in there, the moment, like li- literally oh, just announced, bang, put in the offer. Like if you can do that, you will see the greatest amount of gain if the project comes to fruition. Yeah. So obviously that's the highest risk point as well. Totally. It's the same with with any kind of investment. It's I've got the, the biggest potential for gain here because I'm on the first wave. Yeah. But if it... I've got the least amount of information to make that decision. So it could just as easily turn the other way and then you've lost. Totally. Yeah. So there's a few, there's a, there's a massive upside potential, like massive upside potential because you can get a huge amount of growth and it can really transform uh, a whole area it can, it can radically. It's probably one of the bigger drivers, right? But downsides, let's talk about downsides. So the upside is 
good growth. You can get in early, bada bing, bada boom, you're off and you're off to the races. Uh, and that's fantastic. And everyone gets really excited by that. But let's talk about the downsides. Downsides are politicians lie. So what happens if it doesn't happen? The other downside is there could be side effects. Mm. Right? So sometimes um, the side effects can be that it actually causes some areas to devalue because there's unforeseen noises and all of that kind of stuff. You know, if there's properties that are too close to the facility, it's easy to go, okay, so there, all right, there's a new road going to whatever X suburb. So you just go and buy in that suburb. But if you bought in the wrong place and it's too close to the road and, you know, you're not in the right spot relative to the new project that's going in, you can see a lot of downside as well. Mm-hmm. So it's really important that you make sure that you um, get this right. And there's a, there's a propensity to want to try and get the most amount of gain, but I always think it's about um, getting um, the highest gain at the same time as getting the lowest risk. Yeah. Um, you know, because for most people, let's, let's be real here, for most people buying property, they're only going to do, they're only going to do it somewhere between one and five times, mm-hmm. right? 90%, 92.6% of investors never get past two properties in their portfolio. Mm-hmm. So if you stuff it up, then, you know, it's a pretty significant amount of your overall portfolio that could be affected. Yeah. So it's important you make sure you're managing risk with that. But if you can get it right, you can make a load of cash. Yeah, which I think like transport is a really interesting one for people. A lot of people flock to that because it's quite, you know, if, if you're into property research, you can find that information. And if, you're on, if you want to be on the first wave, you can, go and, you can go and do that. But this is kind of why we're doing this series because just finding, just finding prospective locations that have strong um, infrastructure transport infrastructure in the pipeline, if that is the one thing, then that is too risky. Yep. Whereas if, if you think about the other 10 points, the other nine points that we're going to talk about in this series and you start thinking about, okay, how do I make sure that they've got at least two, if not three, if not more, and that's going to give you that more, that more security and lower your risk there. Totally, totally. So let's quickly talk about... Um, you know, just a couple of we we a couple of places that, that people can see this ha- has happened in real time, right? Yep. So, um, Ballarat, we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, we took Geelong. We spoke about Geelong in a couple of ways. Um, Badgerys Creek, we spoke about that. Uh, what's another one? Uh, Frankston. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Black Blacktown's a really good example too of um of road and rail links that opened up Black Blacktown and made that more accessible and desirable and transformed and gentrified that community. Mm-hmm. Um, Frankston is cool because it. You know, it really is a gentrification tool by the government as well, right? You see, yep. Frankston, Frankston went from, uh, maybe, you know, maybe like a de- less desirable uh, area to a much more desirable area when the commute time, uh, because of mm-hmm. the CityLink project, opened up the capacity to get from Frankston to the city. So it opened it up to professionals and changed the area. Yep. Um, so it has a huge impact and we see that all around. So if you have, uh, if you've enjoyed this, well... They're sweet because there's like a whole report that you can download. Yep. Um, where can I get the report, Gabby? If you go to theinvestorlab.com.au forward slash podcast, you can find this episode and go through the show notes and there will be a link to download this report. So if you want to jump ahead of the next nine amazing episodes that we have coming out, Hmm. You can have a bit of a read on what we're, you can get a bit of a sneak peek on what we're going to dive into. Totally. And if you want to know the how, like how to actually find all this stuff and how to actually do it uh, and how to actually use the information well, 
we keep that for our insiders on there. So that's the inside, that's the inside info. That's the scoop. Now, if you want to get the scoop, scoop doo If you want to get the scoop, then head to the investorlab.com.au forward slash join the community. Um, join the community, join the conversation, join us in there, and um, you get access to hugely exclusive benefits. Yes. <laughs> and Gabby singing. Like, you know, that's Gabby's in me. there once a week. That's the benefit of, of being in there. It's just me singing in the background like that the whole time. Exactly. It's just playing in the background. <laughs> You're welcome. Now, of course, spread the love, not the coronavirus. That's the message on this pod- podcast. So make sure that if you have enjoyed this and you think that... <laughs> yeah, it's a bad hashtag. It is a bad hashtag. Well, I don't know. Spread love, not coronavirus. I think it's all right. Hashtag. Spread love, not Rona. Yeah. So if you have enjoyed this podcast, of course, why wouldn't you? Um, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it too. And look, it's, it's valuable for people to understand. You know, like this, this, yes. this, is, this is good gear um, and it's going to really help you to uh, navigate your property journey as well. Um, this is one, one little bite-sized chunk of a big pizza pie. Um, that's amore. That's amore. And if you have enjoyed this and other episodes, then make sure you like, rate, review, share, all of that kind of stuff and, um, and get the vibe out because if we're good in your ears, we're going to be good in somebody else's. So thanks. Just think th- about that, guys. Think, just chew on that. Just chew on that one. Just <laughs> chew on that one. Thank you so much for listening to us and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Now, before we wrap up, the next one that we're going to be talking about, so we had the introduction episode, great. We yes. talked about what 10 drivers are. People have probably forgotten. Today was transport and infrastructure. On the next episode in this series, on the next episode in this series, which is going to come in a few weeks, we're going to be talking about the ugly duckling syndrome. Ooh. Cliffhanger. (laughs) See you on the inside. Bye.